We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. It is training camp. Former Jets offensive lineman Willie Colon hey, in the house. What up, EA, baby? Hell yeah, man. Look at the new, uh, well, this is new for me. I haven't been here in a while, so this this studio is amazing. You like it? So you made it. This is technically means you made it if you have your own studio. Man, nobody's making it more than you right <laughs> yeah, now. I appreciate it. Can you tell everybody who's followed your career, maybe from a football standpoint, what you're doing and broadcasting because yeah. you're blowing up? Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I was with Barstool for three years. Uh, I had fun there. I was doing Barstool Breakfast with my co-host, Lars McCarthy and the whole gang uh, left Barstool. Now I'm with SiriusXM. You can catch me on Channel 82, Mad Dog Sports from 69 a.m. with uh, Evan Cohen and Mike Babchek, and we're talking about everything underneath the sun. Morning, man. Yeah, sports. As we, I like to say it's sports. Uh, it's a sports show with a bite. We get a little wacky, but it's fun. Yeah. And you're, and you're still going to be following the Jets throughout the season as well, right? Yes, that's true. I'm on SNY. You can catch me doing the pre and post. Me and Bart Scott and uh, Gelps, uh, who does an amazing job. And uh, I'm just active, man. I got two little babies. I got a two-year-old. I got a one-year-old. And uh, I was very active during the pandemic, to say the least. <laughs> and uh, I got my sports bar in the Bronx, 65 Brooklyn Boulevard. Uh, Bricks and Hops, that's my sports bar. So, And on top of that, my wife is doing reality TV right now. So I'm, we're moving and grooving. I'm all over the place. Man, what is yeah. reality TV all about from your perspective? Man, it's, it's, it's weird because you, you realize when you walk into it, uh, at least uh, trying to be entertaining and trying to be realistic, um, sometimes you just have to be you, which is not hard for me. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's very you're walking into a lot of confrontation, uh, yeah. and sometimes it's cool, sometimes it's not. But it's entertainment, and uh, we try to be entertaining as possible. So where can we check that out? Yeah, it's at it's on OWN. Uh, the first episode is called Bell Collectors. My wife is uh, she's one of the bells, so to speak. Yeah, I'll make a couple appearances on there, and uh, you catch it on the OWN network. It'll be there. Uh, I think I think they're at eight o'clock. So so yeah. do you catch yourself watching any reality television that is not sports? Because I always have this argument with my wife that yeah. the only reality TV remaining is professional sports. Yeah, I, I get into it. Like, one of my favorite shows is Below Deck right now yes. on Bravo. I love that damn show. <laughs> you know I mean? I, you get to see great, you know, exotic places, and, and the storylines are pretty good, and I get into it. Um, I... I I was a traditionalist. I used to watch the Jersey Shores and the Cardassians for a while, and I'm kind of over that. And uh, so that's if there's one show that I actually watch, uh, is is probably Below Deck as far as reality TV. And Jersey Shore still got a spinoff. They're, they're still, still going, going man. right? Like they all got kids, you know. Their <laughs> kids got kids, and they're still you know fist pumping and uh, causing causing a ruckus. So they're still at it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's talk a little Jets football since you are back here at One Jets Drive. What do you think is on the horizon for Robert Sala and company as they start year two? Well, I, I'm interested to find out where's his patience, uh, where's his patience level is at, mm. and I and I say that from a standpoint when you, you you into a new job with a new quarterback and a whole new regime and everything's kind of new, you kind of just have to sit back and just see what you have and, and let the team kind of mature on, on its own. Now that the fact they had, I think personally, I've, I've been on record at saying this, I think they probably. Probably had one of the best drafts in franchise history mm. uh, as far as addressing need, adding weapons, um, depth was huge. Um, I felt like they just hit Joe Douglas and, and Robert uh, Kosala hit everything. I thought I thought they were immaculate, and so now it's like, all right, we know what we have, we know what we can do. Where's where's my patience level? How long am I going to accept? 
things that I know we should be doing better at this time, or how long am I going to sit back and allow this team to kind of, you know, just kind of go through the motions? Am I going to be the coach to kind of really crack the whip and lean on these guys? Mm. I can tell you from my experience, and, and this is mostly with my time with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the more success we had the previous year, the less patience my head coach had. Uh, because there was an expectation, there was a demand, and there was a level of everybody's gunning for you. So what are you going to do about it? So we, we, we were forced to have a lot more sharper practices, and we were forced to be a lot more physical um, because that's the identity we created. And it led for us to have a lot of success and going you know, to the playoffs and obviously championships. So I'm wondering with the team, this team in particular, because you do have the talent, you do have valid young talent, where is his patience level at? You know, is he going to be like, all right, I, I, I dealt with last year. This year, we, we got to go. And so is training camp going to be harder? Is he going to be leaning on a lot more guys who've had a little long in the tooth, right. who've had the experience? Um, and where's the level of execution? Um, because there always has to be it always has to be a demand. Like, are right, you want your team to, you know, you have checking points, I feel, as a coach. But where's your patience level at? And some, a lot of, I realized the more success I had, there was, it was lack of patience. Did you like being the hunter? Because you started with the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, yeah. and you experienced so much success there. Yep. Then you came here, a little bit of a different situation where Rex Ryan and company are saying, hey, we're going after Correct. you, New England Patriots. Yeah. We ain't putting up with this. We know you're the big bully, but we're here to fight. Well, that was, that was uh, mainly because of Rex's personality yeah. and his attitude, and he was, he was always kind of a backyard brawler, <laughs> brawler and that's why he, called, he got on the phone and called me because I had played against him not only when he was with the Ravens, but his time with the uh, Jets. And so he knew who I was, and when I got to New York, it was just for me – one, I was coming home. Two, I was going to play alongside Nick Mango and Brickshaw Ferguson. And on top of that, Rex was going to give me everything, and he did. Um, and I was excited just to play with him. And he he, he delivered. Uh, obviously, we didn't win a lot of games. We kind of we went through our little uh, ups and downs. But I was excited to play with him in particular because of his mentality that it doesn't matter who you are, we're going to punch you in the mouth. And I think that's a part of just understanding that football, no matter what you draw up, no matter how you make it look pretty, it's all about punching the guy in front of you in the mouth and letting him know that you're here for all four quarters. What do you think about the Jets from an offensive line perspective? Because let's rely on your expertise here. Their number one target in free agency, Lincoln Tomlinson. Yeah. They get Great him. pickup. Familiar with the system. Elijah Vera Tucker, sure. by all accounts, Stud. I want to get your thoughts on him. Mm -hmm. Connor McGovern's back at the pivot. And then an interesting situation of the tackle position right now with Makai Becton and George Fant as camp opens. Yeah, I had an opportunity to talk to Fant a little bit uh, at the Gridiron Gala. I think he was receiving an yep. award. Um, and, and I got to chop it up just a little bit. Solid. He's a pro's pro. Does a great job. I love what he did with coming on the field um, for the Jets and just competing. You know, there was so much talk about Beckton being out and when he's going to come back, and there was a whole another saga. You know, not saga, but there was a whole thing going over here with Beckton. I think he ignored it. I think he just played football and he played well. And uh, you know. There's always going to be that mantra of being an offensive line. When they don't talk about you, that's how you know you had a good day. Yeah. And for weeks, we weren't talking about the Jets' offensive line. We were talking about a lot of other things that were going wrong with the New York Jets, but it wasn't that offensive line. And that's a sign of guys really gelling, communicating, and playing well. Uh, and so I like the core they have. I think we have a really, really good offensive line. Um, I think we have an offensive line that's gritty. As long as they stay together, I think AVT is obviously the leader. He's, he's the prize horse amongst the five. Um, I love Fant. Uh, I love Link, uh, Thomason, Lincoln Thompson yep. because I think his experience coming from 49ers, he's a vet. He's been there, done that. And he could be – 
you know, whoever you put, if you're going to put Makai at the right tackle, now you give him a, a buffer. You give him somebody he can lean on and trust and that he can communicate with and trust his experience. So I think what they have right now is great. It's just a matter of them staying healthy one and continue to play together. What advice would you give for Becton? Because he's a young guy. Interesting point in his career where he said, listen, I'm listening to what the critics are saying right now, and that's going to add fuel to my fire. I'm always of the thinking of, hey, whatever your motivation is, it don't matter. Just get out there and do the best you can, right? Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of having a pissed-off football player that big. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, I I just walked out there. I didn't realize that's my first time seeing him with my own eyes. Um, Obviously, I've watched him play. um, But... Physically, I mean, he's he, that's John, that's Jonathan Ogden type size, like yeah, that's generational type of height and size. So, um, I think you just can't. I think sometimes as analysts or people who cover football, or cover a team, we like to rush a guy's maturation period. Yeah, and necessarily, it doesn't mean it's happening. Like we we expect guys from the bottom, from the neck down, to be he mans in all world, right? Well, the kid is still young. He's still growing, believe it or not, right? And then from the neck up, he still has levels to grow and mature. So. I'm a, I'm a fan of investing in a guy as long as he's willing to invest in himself. And if you continue to have that type of relationship, like, like I'm not giving up on you. I don't care what injuries you have. I don't care what the media says. Right. I don't care what's going on around you. Just know, and this is me, if I was an offensive line coach, if I was Coach Salah, I'm with you. Like, like ignore everything. Because right now, it's all about your maturation and you developing. Like, he understands that he's a high draft pick. He understands that he's he was built, he was brought here to be kind of a, a, a franchise staple, a key factor for this organization. But you still can't rush his maturation period. He is who he is, and you have to develop him. You still have to keep his confidence high. You still have to understand, like, everything you want to train, change about yourself from the neck up and neck down is in your – you have the ability to do so. But yeah. you got to be committed to that. So I'm 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 a fan of him. I like him. Um, part of me when I see him, I, I know he trains with a, a good guy out in Texas, Duke Merriweather, yep. who's a big offensive line guru guy. Um, so he's in good hands in the off season. I would love to work with him really? and talk to him. Um, yeah, because you don't I, have I, enough time, Willie. I don't have enough time, <laughs> but I I'm, I'm a fan of offensive line play, not just because I'm a former offensive lineman, because I just know. A lot of times, the details is not necessarily from the neck down, it's from the neck up. Just seeing how the guy, understand the guy's perspective, how he understands what he's doing out there, what he's seeing, and then being able to slow a guy's mind down. Because so, so much time in it, you know, one thing I loved about Nick, Nick expedited our communication because he was just so in tune with the offense. So we, right. we, we understood what he was talking about and how he went about his job. So a lot of times when we walked up to the line, he would make a call, make a, and we would just, we would boom, on the same accord. Well, you don't have Nick Mangos not out there, right? Yeah. And so, how do you now? And, and, and this is not no shot at Connor McGovern, but how do you now talk to guys who who one all learn differently, all come from different walks of lives, and and and, and taking knowledge and and understand things differently? How do you get them on the same accord? Is by taking them individually and seeing what they're seeing, so you can make those corrections. And and um, yeah, that's just just my that's just my answer, I guess. Would you be interested in getting in coaching down the line? Man, line. my wife talks to me about that Does a she? lot because uh, I'm a ball hog, man. I just love being around the game. I don't know. Um, what I'm kind of the... feelings do you get when you just roll the facility again? When I walked in, I, the first thing I looked for was the, was the cafeteria. That's what I, like. I was. <laughs> I was hungry. Uh, no, I I don't know. I, I love the game, man, and I love it. For me, it's just a matter of. You know, what role would I play? Um, I love the day-to-day just working with guys. You know, I'm from the old school. I'm, I'm, I'm used to being on the field. You know, back in the day, people don't remember, 
you know, we were we were in the building by before St. Patty's Day. And you were on the field doing lineman drills and you were working technique and you were doing you working flexibility, you were working angles, you were working you were doing so much. And when you got to May, it felt like you went through a season. Right. Because you know, you had went through so much, but yet it just made your level of play execution so much better because you just you were just a part of it every day. Um these guys are not on the field as much as they used to be, and I, I think the game reflects that. Um, and the office line plays up and down. The guys who actually, I think, play better um, are guys who just are able to play longer uh, just because they have the time and the reps. And to be able to, to do anything, you have to have a lot of reps, but particularly in the offseason, it matters for offensive linemen because you've got to slow the brain down, and the brain has to match what you're trying to do physically. That's, that's what I was going to ask you is offensive line play. It's not what it used to be. Right. But from your perspective as a group, is it harder to have consistency across the board now yes. more than ever? A hundred percent, just from a communication standpoint. And what guys are seeing at the same time and how they're communicating out there and how they're rolling off the ball. And, you know, I was fortunate to play with a great offensive line coach, Sean Coogler. Yep. who's with the Arizona Cardinals right now. And one of his things he used to say, I don't want you guys thinking on Sunday. It's my job to get you to understand what you need to do for Sunday. But on Sunday, I just want you to be flying around, jumping out of your cleats. Because when you when you understand your your assignment and you understand the why and what you're trying to do, is all going to flow out of you naturally. And that's when your natural born talent is going to come out. And so that's what the goal. As for me, I think all, every offensive line coach is how do I get this guy's natural talent to show every Sunday on top of what I need him to do every play and for him to execute at a high level. Yeah. And if I, if I'm able to get guys to do that and perform and, and have fun and smile and jump around and embrace the intimacy of being an offensive lineman, man, that, that's good football. I love it. Coach T, Mike Tomlin. Yeah. In Pittsburgh. Dude, he has never had a losing season. Sure. What are the keys to consistency in this National Football League where you have that kind of sustained success? Because if you're a Jets fan right now, you're saying, we haven't been in the playoffs in 11 seasons, yeah. but things are starting to look good mm -hmm. on the horizon. We're starting to see things come together. How do you get to a point where it becomes consistent? Well, I think the first thing I always take away from my years with the Steelers was every guy was willing to compete each and every day. Um, and I'm not just saying that to be cliche, but it's true. Uh, and I, I tried, when I got to the Jets, I tried to get Rex to kind of implement some of this, even Isaac. Um, was one of the, I think the secret sauce was we never turned off the ability to compete. Meaning when we stepped in a locker room, we had uh, a Connect Four table over here. Yeah. We had a shuffleboard. There was, we used to have tape on the floor and we used to have like a makeshift basketball. On the other side, you would see guys playing chess. Any given moment, you saw guys competing. Just going, just, just playing something, doing something. Their mind frame was always in the mindset of competing. And then we had a back room where guys would play cards or whatever. But we never stopped competing. So for us to go on the field and turn that on, it was just always on. It never was off. And so that was kind of the thread and makeup of my years of Pittsburgh. We never stopped competing, even when we weren't in cleats. We, there was always some type of form of competition. Whether it was silly and minute and kind of kiddish, <laughs> yeah. we were still doing something. Even in the weight room, who could lift? It was always something going on. And that just led for a culture of just we we're always going to compete no matter what we did. And to fast forward, I, everybody was extremely selfish. Nobody ran away from the challenge, whether, whether it was 
a guy by the name of Ike Taylor going against Terrell Owens or Chad Ochocinco. He never ran, from the, ran, ran away from that challenge. That's the same thing when we Darrell Reeves was here. And young, young Revis, he never – he embraced it. Actually, he called for it. Yeah. And so when you have those type of guys in the locker room and it's spread throughout the locker room, when you say, hey, man, you know, you know, ABT, you got Aaron Donald just, all right, let's go, coach. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. Like, all right, let's go. Those are the guys you need in the locker room who, you know, this is it's the common saying. There's guys who run into the building when the building's on fire, and there's guys who run away. I play with a lot of guys who run into the building without their helmet. You know what I mean? They, they were just like, they were just, whatever the challenge, wherever the fire, wherever the smoke was, they were running to it. And that's, and that, and that's just a, a sense of urgency you have to breed. And I think with this team, um, Coach Sala, um, I know his pedigree, and I know Joe D and how he rolls. Yeah. Um, they're looking for those. They're looking for those guys that are running into the fire. You know, Sal has got a basketball hoop inside the auditorium right now. Really good. Oh yeah, it's good. good. Competition period. Good. Let's break some ties. Yeah. Get good. somebody up here. One of your position groups, whether it's offense, yeah. defense. You, you can't turn it off. It's hard, man, because this game is fast. It's rough. It's tough. It's brutal. It has a good, a lot of good. It has a lot of bad. But to be what you want to be. Uh, especially during the offseason when you're trying to train and, you know, be this ultimate warrior, you want to win at the end of the day. Yeah. Bottom line. You want, it's all about winning. doesn't matter, you know, you have guys that go all over the country, all over the world, and they're, they're doing so many things to their body. They're taking all these supplements. They're trying to be the best athlete they can be. doesn't matter. I play guys who look like, you know, I, I play with guys who were built like a bag of laundry, but they kick your tail on Sunday and they won. Right. You know, so at the end of the day, it's about winning. And and it starts it starts with you, the individual, knowing your job and able to do your job, and and also going out there flying around and having fun. What's Zach Wilson's next step? We saw last year ups and downs. Yeah, rookie quarterbacks are going to endure those. Expect it. Yeah. No matter where you yeah. are at, uh, down the stretch, protected the football. Really good athleticism. Yeah. The guys talk about his elite arm talent. I thought he took strides in the offseason just getting together with the guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that's got to resonate with you. The nationwide tour going out, throwing to Corey Davis in Nashville, going down to Florida with yeah. Barrios, getting the guys together in Arizona. And then finally in July, even a couple of weeks before training camp, they're out in Idaho. But, What's going on from your perspective? Uh, what do you want to see from him? You know, for me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a pseudo golfer now, right? And yeah. one of the problems I have, I look amazing in the driving range, right? <laughs> I can hit all every ball I want to hit with any iron I want to hit. But when I get on a course, I'm god awful at times. And, it, and it's baffling, right? Like, why can't I turn? Why can't I transition? And I, and I see Zach Wilson in the same way. It's easy to get the guys together, throw the ball, have the camaraderie, look great, look apart. But when it's game time, that's what all that matters. So for me, I'm not surprised about the arm talent, which, by the way, is I, I hate that saying because if you're a quarterback, you should have they arm all talent. Got right? It, right? Yeah. Um, I know he's athletic. I know he can do anything he ever. I can know he can do anything and everything he wants to do with the football on the field. But for me, there's four or five. There's three to four or five minutes in the game where you got to be. You got to be it. And that wins you the game. I need, I need, I need to see him be that guy in those four minutes. And it's not all on him. Defense has to play well. Offense line has to protect. Running backs have to show up for him. Receivers have to be great. Um, but there's, 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 there's pivotal points in the game. I just want to see him be the guy that they drafted him to be. Because I, I everything that you just said, I know he can do that. Okay. I mean, it's, I think it's. I don't even. I don't even think about that. But great quarterbacks. You look at the Joe Burrows, the Herberts. There's, there's pivotal points in the game where they just they just refuse to lose and they make the right throws and they make it happen. And, I just need him to be that guy. And that's what I wanted to ask you. What changes for you when you see a guy as a teammate from your perspective when you see a guy thrive in those situations? 
Well, like, like I, well, we started, it's a matter of maturation. He's maturing. The game's slowing down for him. Um, not pressing, you know, and sometimes that happens when you feel like, well, if nobody else is going to do it, I got to do it. Big part of being a football player, especially when you play at a high level, is trusting the guys around you. You know, you need, no, no one guy wins the game. No one guy loses the game. Right. Um, and he has to understand that. And that's tough because he's, he was brought here to be the difference. He's brought here to be the future. So when things get hot and heavy, you, you want to automatically respond to it. But you learn at the, after a while you got to trust the guys around you to do their job. And you do your job and they do their job. Magic happens because on paper the Jets should be in those positions, right? Where yeah. we're seeing them more in close games this year. I don't care who they're playing, right. whether it's Baltimore in Week One, whether it's Cleveland in Week Two. We'll have to see if Deshaun Watson's out there. Whether it's Cincinnati coming back here in Week Three, and I can go on and on. You got to go to Pittsburgh in Week Four, but yeah. but if you look at the talent assembled on paper, the, the Jets roster. It's sweet. It's not efficient in yeah. a lot of areas. Yeah, I don't. I don't really pay attention to who's on the roster. Yeah, I pay attention to who has the will to win, who's going to compete. Because the hardest thing to do in football is to compete, and to compete and match the intensity of your opponent all four quarters. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like everybody comes out the locker room <laughs> spitting. Fighting, swinging, flying around first quarter, second quarter, maybe have it. Halftime, we'll see. Third quarter, you know, fourth quarter, do you still have it in the tank to go in and put your foot in the middle of the ring and bang it out? Good teams play quarter by quarter, and they know how to adjust out of halftime, and they know how to stay, keep that intensity, keep that fight in the second half. This team is going to have to learn that. And we got to allow them to learn that, right? That's the media, we were just like, oh, man, it was so good in the first <laughs> half. And the second half, well, they're learning how to win. Yeah. But you only learn how to win is by learning how to lose. Going back and say, hey, this is where this is where we messed up at. This is what we got to do better. This, remember we, this moment, this third, we got to have that. You learn that along the way. And so we got to allow this team to do that. And But also understand, that, like, hey, you don't have a lot of time in this league. I learned that when I retired. Is is, is proud of. It's stunning. It's is proud of. I, I'm extremely proud of my career. It's not a lot of time. You don't have a lot of time. So you, the urgency to win has to be every Sunday. You know what? You still don't have a lot of time. You still don't have a lot of time. Because you're going to be, still, ju you're gonna be jumping on Sirius on right now, taping some interviews. We're yeah. going to continue to be watching you. So happy about the success you've had post-career. Not only thank you. Not only career-wise, but family-wise. Same to you, brother. Yeah. Congratulations on your baby. Yeah, Thanks yeah. so much, Willie. It was great seeing you. Uh, final prediction, uh, Yankees going to bring it home this year? I, I'm, 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 I hope so, man. It makes it's, it's, it's great business for me when they winning, man. I got the bar that's ten minutes away from the stadium. So. Right, you got to restate the bar. Yeah, because, uh, 82 uh, morning man, uh, serious radio, Mad Duck Sports, SNY, pre yes. and post. Even though we got some pre and post here, but yeah, uh, yeah. We, we still got to yeah, promote we, you. We can share it. We can share. Yeah. The, we can share Jet Nation. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah but I'm, I'm here. Yeah, come by the bar, 65 Brooklyn Boulevard, uh, Bricks and Hops. I'm there. Um, catch me every morning, 6 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday, Mad Dog Sports, Morning Men, having a great time with my co-host. We'll be there. I'll buy you a beer. Yeah, I'll buy you a beer. How about that? <laughs> You're doing great, yeah. Great to see you, babe. Thanks, bud.